You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Tough day for the Seahawks at Lambeau Field. They lose to the Green Bay Packers 17 2-0, dropping to 3-6. The Green Bay Packers improved to 8-2. Russell Wilson, coming back from injury, had a tough day. 20 of 40, 161 yards, two crucial interceptions. Alex Collins, 10 carries, 41 yards. Gerald Everett led the receivers with eight receptions for 63 yards. Total yards, the Hawks had 208. The Green Bay Packers, 393. The Hawks only averaging 3.5 yards per play. This defense really kept this team in the game. Going into halftime, the Hawks were down 3-0, to zero, scoreless in the third quarter. So were the Green Bay Packers in the fourth quarter. The Packers put some drives together, put up 14 points. The Hawks just not able to respond. We felt like this offense just could not get going. Russell Wilson looked a little bit rusty. I'm sure he's going to go to the film room and figure some things out. Ah, disappointing loss for your Seattle Seahawks, but you know what? They are still in the playoff hunt. If there's any positive, they're still in the playoff hunt. But, yes, this was hard to watch today. Okay, when we return, you're going to hear from Steve Rabel. Jim Mueller is going to be in the locker room interviewing players. We're also going to hear from these guys as they step up to the podium again. The Hawks lose 17-0. to Lots more to come next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Tough game down in Lambeau Field. Seahawks lose 17-0. to Lots of things to talk about and. Let's start this thing off with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, man. It was a tough game to watch. You felt like you were waiting for an offense, the offense, to have a moment. That moment never came on the positive side. The defense kept them in the game until late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, three and a half quarters, uh, the Seahawks defense played great. And the offense was kind of doing enough there for a while, at least in the first half, kind of moving around, you know, moved the ball some, uh, but just could not get themselves situated and, and get any points on the board. It was tough. I mean, Russ got sacked three times today. The two interceptions really hurt. Um, you know, again, give some credit to the Green Bay defense. They were a good defense, and, and Pete and company knew that coming in. But to keep it close, to have a 3-0 game at halftime, to keep it, what, 3-0, 10-0 through three quarters, three and a half quarters, you got a chance to win this game. Aaron Rodgers, you hold him to throwing no touchdowns and one interception. You think you should win that game or at least be in it. But the Seahawks, again, offensively, running the ball, just didn't do enough running the ball, you know, until you get Chris Carson back, can help out a little bit. Uh, Alex Collins did his best. Guys up front, uh, you know, protection was a little bit spotty at times. I'll tell you, this was one game where the Seahawks receivers did not help their quarterback very much. They didn't get open. The Packers decided they're going to they're gonna double-team guys, they're going to man-cover them, and they're going to run with them all over the field and just not allow Russell to find anybody. So who did he end up? Yeah, he dropped the ball off to his tight end. Uh, Gerald Everett they'll give you that all day long if you don't get the ball deep and the Seahawks never were able to get it deep to either DK or Tyler Rabes you mentioned the two interceptions by Russell Wilson Um, you know I'm sitting here with the guys are watching the game and you know it seemed like he wasn't 100 percent we know he wasn't 100 percent the weather was cold out there Um, do you think a weekend and another week to prepare uh, we'll see a better showing from Russell next week well, I do. And, and you know, who knows what it's going to be like in Seattle. You know, it could be, heck, we could be getting snow flurries here, too. But I just think another week to allow that hand 
But, you know, he threw the ball. There were some passes. I mean, he was right on the money with a lot of his passes. It's a few of those long passes where he'd throw guys open or he'd drop it right in the bucket over top of one defender, and that just comes with not doing it for four weeks, even when you have a full week to practice. So that that stuff, I'm not too concerned about that. Russell's going to get that back. But you would expect a little of that to happen. What what I would have hoped to see this offense do is not expect Russell to throw those deep passes. First of all, as you guys know, the Packers play a lot of two deep safeties. It's tough to go deep on those guys. So where are your crossing routes? Where are your smoke screens? Where are your drag routes? Where are all those kind of plays that you can throw underneath and give guys a chance to run the ball? We didn't see a lot of that today, and in large measure because guys recovered right from the jump off the line of scrimmage, and, and it was just tough. How many times did Russ have time to stand back there and there was nobody to throw to? Yeah, it was tough when he was dropping back for passes. The secondary play well, Rabel. We saw something we haven't seen before. That is Jamal Adams with an interception. We saw Trey Brown break up a couple passes. DJ Reed was active. This secondary play well against a Hall of Fame quarterback. They did, and they made it tough on Rodgers sometimes. You know, his feet got a little happy a few times. He had to get out of the pocket. He had to scramble, which he did. He also took some shots. He got hit because he had nowhere to throw the ball. I, I think defensively, with a couple of exceptions, this was, and to hold the Packers to 17 points, and, and I'm going to call it 10 points because the last seven came in the last couple of seconds of the game. I, I think that is amazing. Sure, they give up a lot of yardage in between times, but to hold him to a couple of field goal attempts, missing the first one, um, I just thought the defense played certainly well enough to win this game. Well, that was a tough one, Rabel. Hawks are 3-6, and six, but they are still in the playoff hunt, believe it or not. As usual, man, get home safe. I'll talk to you soon. Come back home. You can still go 11-6 and six and be in the playoffs. That is a possibility. Okay. <laughs> Lots to Thank do. You. All right, Rabes, lots to do, man. We're going to hear from players as they step to the podium. Jim Mueller is going to have some interviews in the locker room. I'm going to get some analysis from Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. Your Seahawks fall to the Green Bay Packers, 17-0. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. Tough, tough game for the Seahawks. 17-0, but the game was really closer than that. Green Bay really pulls away late in the fourth quarter. Two big interceptions by Russell Wilson kind of put the game away. We saw the defense battle. We saw the secondary breakup passes. This defensive line got close to sacking Aaron Rodgers more times than it shows in the stat sheet. There were some positives that come out of this, but at the end of the day, the Hawks could not get it done. They have not won in Green Bay since 1999. The Packers keep that streak alive. 208 total yards for this offense. That is 3.5 yards per play. You're not going to win ball games like that unless you are causing turnovers. We did get a turnover from Jamal Adams, something that he has not done while wearing a Seahawk jersey. But um, I really just falls on this offense. This offense wasn't able to put drives together and make the big plays. I feel like late in the game, um, Russ tried to force the ball down the field. When there's time on the clock, you just go on a steady drive. You know, I think that's Russ is being super competitive. He wants to win the game. He wants to make the big play. Sometimes the easy one can get things done. I think they'll look at the film and probably feel the same way. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. It's you know we're we're going off TV feed right now, uh, like like a lot of people, and, and it wasn't Russ's best game. And I know there's going to be some talk. You know, maybe he wasn't healthy enough to go out and play. Maybe Geno Smith would have given us a better chance. You know that that'll be a debate. I'm sure we'll go on all next week. You know he'll get healthier. Um, you know some of his passes got way away from him, so the fingers obviously not a hundred percent accurate. Look, three of our best players. 
Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, they didn't have their best games. And 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 key moments too. Your best players have to win those huge plays. I mean, Russ throws two interceptions in the end zone. Can't happen. Two bad interceptions. DK the slant route, that's a first down keeps the Chains moving. Instead, we got a we got a punt. Uh, it's a third down play at the goal line. Bobby's got to come and, and make that play. I mean, and force them to kick a field goal. And that way, we're only down six to nothing. Those are huge plays by your best players. You, the, our best players don't make those plays. We're not going to win. Yeah, I, I, w- I agree with you totally on that, Paul. Um, you know, the game in and, in and of itself, we talk about all the time, comes down to like five or six plays, and there were clearly. Five, you know, a few of those five or six plays that we needed those dudes to make. You need to make the tackle, you know, at the goal line. You need to not throw the interceptions in the end zone. So that's three of the five, <laughs> you know, right there. And so, uh, and so, I, and then offensively, I just felt like with the score being only three to nothing, that the it seemed like we were still looking for the knockout punch, versus saying, you know what, we're only down three nothing. Let's take some of let's take some of these body blows. Let's get into a rhythm. Let's take some like you know, uh, Rabel was saying they're playing too deep and they're taking a the deep ball away. Well, then get if they're going to give you the tight end throw, then give it to him. That's five yards every time. We can just do that all the way down. Have the patience to do that all the way down the field, and then you get yourself into a position to maybe get the field goal or get the touchdown, or you get the offense into a rhythm. You know, what I'm saying you put some pressure on that defense that even though they're willing to give up yards, if they're giving up a lot of yards, someone's going to press a little bit and maybe make a mistake, and then you can make a big play. So. I just All right, like let me hop in there, that Big part Ray. Just never happened. We got Pete Carroll stepping up to the podium. Yeah, ten minutes ago in the game, you know, we're three nothing, and uh, had given up a chance to get, you know, get it knocked and tied up and all that, and. Uh, Played really hard and really tough, and defense kept us in the game all night long. And, uh, and you know, Russ, Russ tried to get a, a throw in the end zone there when we had a chance for we had a field goal that we could take, and he tried to stick it in behind the guy and it just didn't quite fit. He made a mistake. He knows it. And then he chucked the other one just in desperation to try to see if we can get back in the game. And uh, so he had a couple bad plays. Um, I know you're wondering, you know, is he, is, was he ready and all that kind of stuff. He was ready to play. And uh, there's nothing else. There's, there's no other information leading into this could tell us any different. Um, he, was, he was pumped and, and got after it and all that, and they did a nice job tonight. They're a good defense. We, we couldn't get, get enough going on to, uh, you know, to make the points we needed. Um, they couldn't either, you know, in, in, until they did. And so uh, um, it's a big opportunity that we missed out on. And so... Um, it's disappointing, you know, because this, this was a real shot. And we could feel it, and we knew it. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get, get the right plays made at the right time to get it done. An unfortunate play, you know, in the third, we're coming up on third and two. There's a couple really unfortunate plays. The fumble was on the ground, and uh, Daryl Taylor's got the ball, you know, and, and that's unfortunate how that got turned around. Um, that turnover would have been huge. And uh, and then Carlos's penalty, that was a, a you know, terrible mistake. He knows it. He owned up to the team and apologized and all that. So it never happened again, of course, you know, and all that. Was, but that was a big play right there, obviously, when uh, we had a chance to, you know, stop him right there at midfield. So, um, so there was, in a game this tight, stuff you know, is amplified in a play here, play there, and that's what happened. And so, uh, um, you know, I'm really proud of how hard we played and how tough we played and how strict we played throughout. And, and then, unfortunately, they got it done at the end. Pete, aside from the interceptions, there were some throws there that Wilson missed that he typically does not miss. How much do you think the finger was affecting him? No, I, I don't uh, I don't know that. He, he didn't feel like it was at all. You know, and there's a couple high throws that, that got out, you know. Um, 
pretty cold night, you know, and, and all that. I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. But as you're looking at, it, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not thinking that. And Russ isn't either. Was Russ's finger the reason he didn't do it much under center or at all? Actually, take any snaps from under center. That's why we did stay in the gun. Yeah. Does that provide? Taking snaps under center and in pregame and during the week and then all that we could have done more, but we just didn't want to expose him to that. Didn't think we needed to. Make him feel uncomfortable or something when no. it? No. He wasn't. No. Center snaps like didn't. No. Oh. Not at all. No. We just didn't want to keep pounding away at it. We didn't think that it was the right thing to do. That put the offense a little bit at a disadvantage, not being able to run plays under center. It's just a little bit different. We ran pistol, you know, which is the same thing as putting the guy behind him, you know, and so the gun plays were exactly the same. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of teams that run pistol all the time, and the Ravens do it all the time, you know, and it's just not, uh, and we, it's, it's been part of our offense for a long time when we want to choose to do it, and we thought this was the right thing to do, you know, you can. You can question me on that if you want to, but that's the way we decided to do it. Points in the bag. Have you ever seen Wilson throw an interception like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, I don't want to be sad because I don't want to go back to the ugly. But uh, yeah, that's happened before. He he, he thought he, his guy's back was turned. He thought he could stick it in there like he he did to Tyler, I don't know, a while back, and uh, and the guy turned around and the ball hit him right in the chest. You know? Did he catch it? Yeah, he caught it and then dropped it. Like on the fumble, was there? What did they tell you on that? They said it was a you know, tie goes to the offense. You know, we didn't see it that way. I mean, as soon as the ball's on the ground, Daryl's on it, and then uh, that's what I thought. And then there's guys reaching for it, you know, and he's got it underneath him. So, I mean, I, that's they went quickly to New York and they made the call, and these guys had nothing to say about it on the side. I didn't get a chance to even look at it, but. Um, for three plus quarters holding them they played great they played great D they really did in all phases run pass the whole thing third downs everything and then they got some at the end there they got they got us leaking a little bit and they made some third down wins and uh, in a couple penalty situations too but uh, I thought they played really well really well and we, we slipped on the deep ball on the, on the first drive and, and uh, he's lost his footing and they got down there and they missed the field goal so we're, we're in it you know so Say that this was Jamal's best game since he got him overall. It seemed like he was pressuring Rodgers. Well, yeah, I think he's been playing really well. Um, you know, everybody's looking at and go sack somebody. He's a freaking DB. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's hard to get those guys sacks. Some phenomenal effort that he made last year that we were able to get that done, and he, he was able to take advantage of it. But um, he's been playing really well, uh, and and for the I don't know the last five or six weeks, I think he's been playing great. Wayne Brown. Uh, yeah, he. Um, he, uh, he's got uh, he got a little groin thing going. He stepped on somebody's foot and slipped out and, and, uh, and strained his groin. Did, did you intend to play D. Eskridge more? Or, I mean, it looked like he just got a couple snaps. No, we just wanted to get him in there if we could. Wasn't enough plays in the first half, you know, to really mix things up. So. Do you expect, obviously, you hope to be able to run the ball a little bit better? Do you expect to against yeah, we would like to, you know, it's, it, this has been a, a familiar tune for us, and we didn't get enough plays in the first half. You know, we get, I don't know, 11, 12, no, 14 plays or something before the two-minute drill, you know, so that, that's not enough. And, and so we didn't get enough opportunity to, to mix all of the things. You know, there's a lot of stuff that lays on the card, you know, when you don't, when you don't get enough first downs. Or... Sequence at the end of the first half where you guys come away with no points. What did you think of that? Yeah, that was, that was really disappointing, you know, because we're there. You know, we're, we're there to get it done, and we didn't get we didn't get our shot at it. How about not getting enough plays? How much of a factor is that on the defense late in the game when they've been on the field? No, I'm not going there. I, get, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Did something happen to Ryan Neal? Yeah, he 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 uh, he got hit in the head a little bit, and we, I don't know what the – you know, he was treated for, like, a potential concussion.
Did you uh, on the uh, I think it was the first quarter Russ scramble where they ruled him short? Did you get word from upstairs that it looked like you, you didn't challenge it? That's what I'm asking. Do you feel like you yeah. had enough information to yeah. not challenge? Yeah, there's a, there's a new little rhythm here. You know, if New York controls these situations really quickly and, and in an attempt to keep the game going. And, and so the word came down that he didn't make it. And they, the guy on my side said first down, you know, and, and then the guy on the other side said something, and, and they talked about it, and I think New York helped him. I think that happened on this one as well. And so uh, I'm, you know, I'm talking about challenging. And they said, no, 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 don't do it. They're telling me don't challenge it because they've already declared that he didn't make it. Remember that happened against Pittsburgh also, and, and we did challenge it. And so, you know, I got in the back of my mind. Well, you know, maybe they take a better look at it. So I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, just weighing the the options and listening to our guys. And as we went back and forth, we, we realized that we shouldn't try it. Thought about it though. Complimentary football line with Dixon pinning him deep. Yeah, I mean, the, we we played the field position game. This is the, in this condition and all of that on the road. I thought that was a really really big part of the game and gave gave our defense a chance to play really well. They they took advantage of it. Um, you know, Mike did a great job of keeping them backed up, and uh, you know, we, we made them go a long ways, and they weren't able to do it. I mean, we we played terrific on defense. They played better, but we played terrific on defense tonight. Their, their interception, the one by Kevin King, did, did you think he maybe didn't have that, or was there something? Yeah, yeah the ball came out. Yeah, I didn't think so. They they declared that he he uh, had caught the ball before he lost it, caught the ball, and then it came out when he hit the ground. I don't know. You know, I I've not seen another play of it. I I never saw a replay of it, and I'm just going on. You know, when the guys were looking at the replay upstairs in the booth, they said the ball's on the ground. You know, and, and so they have to make a decision, which they made very quickly again, a quick decision that you know he caught the football, and because it was a turnover, they went you know immediately to the the replay. So I had no you know no option there. Um, I'm sorry, Greg. Sorry. Wilson's uncharacteristic throws. If it wasn't the finger, is there any explanation? Is it pressing? Was there anything out of the ordinary with him that you saw? I mean, really think about it. I mean, he chucked one of them. Okay, he's trying to take a shot. Okay, that's that's one because we're we're trying to hope we can get PI or something can happen. Forget that one. That's one. The other one, he saw everything that happened and he threw it and, and he thought that he had the guy's back turned so he wasn't going to make a play on it. That's the way he he, he saw it, and the guy turned, flipped on him as the ball being released. You know, so he was trying. You know, he, he knew that we were in field goal range. He knew all that and was trying to. You know, it, it, it shocked him too that that guy was able to make that play. So, I mean, that play and the other one. So. Really, there's a couple. You know, he wasn't as sharp. Maybe on, on there are a couple balls that were high. I don't know. Maybe there's a couple of them, but yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Russ wouldn't go there either. He won't. He won't. He didn't think that at all. He thinks he should have made every one of those plays. Anything else, guys? Does the information you have on Russ's finger suggest that he has to keep going in pistol, or can he eventually get to where he can do under center in a game? No, no. Just, let's take a moment here. Let's think about it. He, he's got broken bones in his finger, so instead of going on, on, with the ball being snapped, we didn't have to do that, so we didn't do that. We, we didn't do it very much during the week. We knew we could when we needed it. We, we practiced with it so that we had it when we needed it if we thought there was a, a time for that. And uh, But I just didn't want to put him through that, you know, under these circumstances because we could play without it. And, he, you know, I, I, have, I don't really have a late stand because we didn't score a point, you know, but that's what we did. That's how we did it.
wrap or sheath on it? Obviously, you said he tried out a few different things during the week and all that. Did it seem effective or did it seem to bother him at all? He was comfortable with uh, you know with this, the way we, we we worked at it and he was fine. It, he has to make that call because he's the one that's feeling it. Several weeks now, where your defense has really started, has really turned things around, and to do it against this offense and this quarterback, what is that? Yeah, story? we're playing really good football, and and I made a statement to those guys yesterday that about that, and cited all of the areas that we've been playing so well in, and uh, um, you know it's. It's just the truth. <laughs> we tell the truth on Monday. We tell the truth on Saturday this week. And uh, they went out there and played, played like crazy all night long. And I was really, really proud of the way they, they got after it. A lot of guys played, a lot of rotations. Guys got in there and, and helped out. And uh, if you notice, Clint Hurt was up in the, in the booth uh, tonight. He wasn't on the field. Um, he did a nice job of adapting to that. But we missed him a little bit. Um, big fella is important to us. And, and uh, I, I thought the whole mechanism of it worked out all right. So it was unfortunate we didn't get a win. Got something wrong with his foot? Yeah, he had surgery um, over the bye. Yeah, it needs to be fixed with the offense. Because even when, when you played against the Rams. I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you right now. We got, we got uh, the same thing. You know, you're going to see the third down numbers don't look so bad, but they weren't good when we needed them to be in the first half, you know, and, and uh, that was unfortunate. Okay, the incident at the end, was that just frustration? Yeah. 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 That was. Thanks. All right, that was an obviously disappointed Pete Carroll. He did point out the defense played good. Uh, Green Bay Packers defense just played better. Okay, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, we still got a lot more to do today. I'm going to get analysis from these two guys. We got interviews with Jim Mueller in the locker room. Players are going to step up to the podium. Your Seahawks fall to the Packers 17-0. Hang out with us. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bumbles with Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. Seahawks fall to the Green Bay Packers 17-0. And now we have DK at the podium live. With that ongoing throughout the game and the over, how does that come? Uh, tired of losing. Why do you think the offense didn't score any points today? What was going on? I'm sorry, what was the question? Why didn't Why didn't the offense score any points today? What was going on out there? Uh, we didn't get in the end zone. It usually happens when you don't score. Yeah. Russell coming back. Did he seem any in his throws? Anything different to you at all about anything? Um, I think as an offense, we just kind of struggled uh, just to get the ball moving. Um, you know, some throws were off, some throws were there. Uh, I know I had a couple of key drops uh, that I, I should have caught. Um, but, you know, we got to make the plays uh, what our number's called. And, you know, when Russ puts it in our area, we got to catch it. This offense, what's the next step you guys need to take next week to get things going? Uh, we got to watch film first. Um, I know we got a, a, a Cardinals team that's angry after they lost today. So, um, you know, we just got to get back on track and just play our ball. Did he seem normal? It couldn't have been normal after being out of Russell Wilson. Did he seem normal to you, or what seemed different? What's the question? The balls of throwing, the, the, the way it came off his hand to you, did it seem like normal to you? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was normal. When you just look at why the offense hasn't had its rhythm, even with Russ back, you know, going back to the first three quarters of the Rams, is there any themes, anything consistent there? Uh, we got to get a ball to our playmakers um, and let them let them make plays. When you guys get the third down stuff on offense during the 
during the bye week. What was the thing that was standing out about the lack of execution? Uh, you got to ask the coaches that they do the sub scout. All right, that was DK Metcalf. Obviously frustrated. I'm tired of losing. Wants the playmakers to get the football. Said that the release from Russell Wilson seemed normal. Sometimes his throws were on point. Sometimes they weren't. He did point out that he had a couple key drops that he needs to make. Uh, just, just tough, man. I mean, I could imagine being a guy stepping up to the podium after you guys are three and six. The three years that you've been here, two years prior, you've been super successful. You got into the playoffs. Everything is is uh, fine and dandy, but some adversity is facing you right now. And we're going to find out what type of guys we have on this team, what type of character we have on this football team, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the fact that he got up, you know, with the even the way the game ended with him, I think he was ejected from the game and, and everything that was happening. Uh, and, you know, the disappointing performance and not being happy with where the season is, you know, if you can get anything out of him coming to the podium, I think that's a good thing. And so I think that, you know, even though he may have given some short answers, you can sense his frustration and things. And uh, and so, yeah, this is one of those – this is a moment. Like, there's always moments during the season where you go like, oh, man, we have to overcome this adversity. And it might have been like a, a game that you lost or it might have been a bad play that you had. But right now, this is kind of like the season-defining season adversity to overcome. Because with the way that the, the, the defense played really good football, but the way the offense kind of fell apart at the end, just even with like the undisciplined stuff that he did at the end of the game, grabbing face mask and all that stuff, getting that can easy, easily escalate if you don't like nip that in the bud. Uh, and then it, it kind of snowballs. And so I, I think you know, this offense, Russell, DK, whoever, you know, Dwayne, the, the leaders of this offense need to kind of pull it together. Uh, because in order for them to have the the best chance to do the things they want to do, they can't let like that type of stuff linger and rear its ugly head. Especially with the way the defense played today, they the defense played win it you know winnable football. And you know, obviously, like with a guy like Aaron Rodgers and a big, huge running back like they have, like you're going to get worn down a little bit, you know. So I, I think offensively, you just gotta. It's the same kind of thing. Like you gotta go back and make the corrective mistakes and blah 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 blah. blah. But uh, but that's that's what it is. You got to watch the film, and uh, and then you have to really find those actionable items that are gonna actually improve the thing you need to improve on. And you can't just keep looking at it the same way and calling it the same thing and saying the same thing every week. Yeah, I, I won't critique his press conference. It's you know it's frustrating. You lose, and you know everybody handles it differently. And it is what it is. I, you're not, you're not going to get a lot sometimes after a loss. Um, he is right about one thing, though. You know, look, forget getting the ball to playmakers. Playmakers got to make plays. And yeah. that means Russell. That means DK. That means Jamal. That means Bobby Wagner. I mean, the playmakers. And uh, there were plays to be made today. Russell missed Tyler Lockett twice, one where he's wide open. Um, DK dropped the one slant route, which would have been a first down. Instead, we punt. He actually dropped two. The one was a little behind it, but he still got to come up with that throw. You know, Russ throws the two big interceptions in the end zone. We have a chance to stop him on third down where they kick a field goal and keep it a one-score game. I, there's a bunch of opportunities in there. And to me, it is simple is that your best players have to play their best, and our best players did not today. Yeah, you got to make the plays, the low percentage plays, right? those plays where typically you're not supposed to make it, but because you are a pro bowler, because you are a superstar, you make those plays. I want to shift it over back to Pete Carroll. We didn't get a chance to really react to him. Um, he said Russell Wilson was definitely ready to play. 
So I hear Pete Carroll say that, and it's it sounds like there's no limitations. But he also said, look, we didn't want him under center because he didn't want to risk hitting that finger. I think Russ was maybe 80%, you know, and, and it's your finger. This is what he does. He grips the football and he throws it. So I can understand where there were going to be some Aaron throws. I expected that, honestly. I didn't think this dude was 100% ready to go. He also mentioned there were some big penalties, man. That penalty with Carlos Dunlap was huge. Mm-hmm. What was it, third down that would have got them off the field or at least – forced a punter. They would have got to fourth down without that play. And you don't expect your veterans to make plays like that as well. There are times where this team just looks young in, in things that they do, right, with DK getting ejected and then Dunlap throwing throwing the, the cleat that way. Um, you have to clean up things like that, especially when you're not playing your best football. You can't shoot yourself in the foot with penalties like that. Yeah, I think it's too – it's just both of those things were done out of frustration. Like the DK thing at the end, the throwing the shoe. I mean, because Dunlap was – five or six yards from where the actual play happened. So he's like way he's, – he wasn't even at the point of attack of the play. He's on the on the backside of the play, and, and, and a shoe was there, and he threw it. And so uh, and so to me, that's a frustration move. DK, you're watching the replay of him grabbing the guy's face mask. You know they're chirping at him because he does the same thing. And then, you know, he grabbed the face mask twice. So that's another frustration thing. And that's not just a frustration of how the – Packers defense is playing it's a frustration that you don't feel like you're contributing or you want to be contributing more or things just aren't going the way you you know the way you'd like for the offense to go not saying he's selfish I'm just saying like a guy that is a playmaker wants to be a playmaker you know and so just not having those opportunities the thing that is interesting to me on offense is that still not real sure what the same Shane Waldron offense is Mm. and and it seems like it's too easily shut down like it, like like okay, if whatever they were doing to take away the whatever route she had planned, or are, are there not is there not something else you can go to 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 create some completions? I think of you know Russell Wilson in offense not being in a rhythm. It's like a, a a basketball player, like a Steph Curry shooting the ball. If it's not going down, like I'm gonna find those easy points. I'm gonna get the layup. I'm gonna get to the free throw line. I'm gonna you know whatever it is. And so what is the equivalent of that for this offense when they are taking away you know the deep ball or or the you know the deeper routes? Where are the the smoke screens that they were running when Geno was playing? He just threw it out twice, out to DK and and Gene and uh, and Tyler, and they just kind of made plays. So, like, where are those adjustments to when a game like this is happening? Like, th- those are the types of things I don't see, and it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what it is. Let me correct myself. That Carlos Dunlap play was on a second and five, yeah. and they were on the forty-four. Um, still a big play, nonetheless. Yeah, it was, and it's just the, the timing of the game. As, as Pete said, look, there's 10 minutes left in the game. We're down by three. They go down on a relatively long drive, but we could have kept that to a one-score game at that point. And, again, I thought our defense played really well. You know, plays I, – look, to me there's so many things. That's not one thing. I And we have to watch the film. It's There's one of three things going on offensively because, to me, there's a lot of positives right now as well – Undefensively, which I, I do want to talk about, but I throw the three things on the offense. One, it's all right. It could be on Walter not creating things, um, or our guys just aren't good enough to get open, or Russell's just not looking and finding the the checkdowns. You know, so it's one. I can't, it's hard to see it on TV all the time. Sometimes we go, oh, there's the checkdown, and I do believe Russ came back and he was looking too much for the big play um, on that. But that's. That's the negative. Again, I, I know we're going to break, but, you know, p- on the positive, look, we shut down one of the best offenses, best quarterbacks in the NFL with a, a healthy offense, and, you know, that's that's a positive that I think for the year it gives us a chance to win moving forward. 
defense has been playing good football for about a month now. They need to keep that going. All right, want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live and in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumen Field Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the family and experience the excitement. Okay, when we return, we'll hear from more players at the podium and Jen Mueller in the locker room. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. I'm Michael Bumpus here with the fellas Big Ray and Paul Moyer. Seahawks lose to the Green Bay Packers 17-0. Closer than that score. Defense really played good, and we're going to highlight some of the guys on the defense who got it done, man. We saw DJ Reed really active earlier. We saw Trey Brown break on a football and break it up. We saw Jamal Adams do something he hasn't done ever in a Seahawks jersey, which is get an interception. Um, if there's a plus, man, this secondary held a Hall of Fame quarterback to 292 yards, but he did not throw a touchdown. He did throw an interception. If we're, if we're going to have a knock on this secondary, I really don't like the way they leave the number two and number three receiver uncovered. If they're in two-by-two, two, they play games with, with that number two receiver. That's a slot receiver. They leave them uncovered. If they're in a three-by-one, then they leave that number three receiver. That's the receiver closest to the tackle. They leave him uncovered. I'm trying to get in the defense's head and understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to bluff. I think we've seen that a lot with Ugo Amadi and guys who do cover those slot receivers. But at some point, when you play a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, um, they're going to expose that stuff. So forget the bluff. I say pre-snap read, make them think those guys are covered. But the secondary did have a good day. Yeah, I don't know if that's the secondary's issue. You know, to me, it's a scheme issue. You know, they walked out, you know, Mayo a few times, and I'm like, oh, no. Look, Aaron Rodgers knows what defense we're in. It's not even that I don't mind him knowing what defense we're in as long as we have good matchups. And there are times I don't like that either. I mean, it's just too easy of a throw. We gave up a couple of those along the way. Um, but other than that, look, we didn't really get pulled off sides. You didn't get any free throws downfield. You know, normally you know, how Aaron beats you with big plays, him scrambling. Um, matter of fact, one of their biggest plays probably should have been called back. It was a crackback block right there. Uh, I don't know what they were looking at. Um, we didn't get that. That was a huge play uh, to me. And, again, there's a couple of key plays. Again, I'm not blaming us on the refs, but, you know, there were some big, big ref plays that didn't go our way. Which, when you're a struggling football team, you need everything. When you have a chance when the ball's on the ground, oh, we just got to get that one. We didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so, other than the one turnover in the end zone, which was a great play by Jamal Adams, but this was a really good game by the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, they played yeah. well. And if they could have got a little bit of help from the offense, it would have been a spectacular game for them to hold them. Re- probably should have kept them out of the end zone. Probably should have. Should have had just field goals. Yeah, I would say the same. I, I thought, too, like early on they were getting – they. it's always hard to sack Aaron Rodgers, and he's always going to be able to run and backpedal and throw off his back foot and all that kind of stuff. But I thought they did a good job of getting pressure on him. Rasheed Green uh, got a sack early uh, in the game, and then on the interception, um, forget who it was, uh, pushed him pretty hard to the ground. It probably impacted the throw Let as well. Let me step in so. there, Big Ray. We got Russell Wilson stepping up to the podium. My finger felt fine, you know. I, you know, I just, you know, the the problem with tonight was I had two, two bad plays. You know, that's what it really was. It felt like uh, we were moving the ball pretty well. Um, you know, we had that really good drive down there, third down and I think eight or so, whatever it was, and you know, I tried to make a throw to DK. You know, and uh, guy made a good play. His back was turned. I was trying to get it to him. He's done it before, you know, touchdowns and. Um, he did a good job turning around and catching it. I think that um, the other one, he was trying to take a shot, you know, to, to Tyler. Um, but I, I felt confident. 
I didn't feel anything. I threw one high to Tyler there that, you know, I was like, ah, maybe I just try to, you know, throw a little too hard, you know, just smooth to throw it. But other than that, I felt confident in every throw, you know, and, you know, just confident in the game. It was a, the reality was the game was 3 nothing all the way, you know, till fourth quarter or whatever. And, um, you know, we should have won that game. Our defense played great. Um, guys battled throughout the whole game um, between two really good teams. I got to play better, and uh, that was on me. There was those two plays. That was really the game, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't second guess anything. You know, I have 100% confidence in, in uh, our team and what we can do and what I can do and what, what we're going to do. And uh, you know, and that, that's that's really, that's really my mindset is. It's easy to say, Russ, oh, maybe you came back too early. What tells you that you did? I think I made a lot of, you know, I, first of all, I think that I know myself really well. You know, I know myself really well and know, you know, what I can and, can and can't do and everything else. And I feel like I could do everything tonight, you know, and had some runs. Uh, in the first third down, for example, you know, if I was second guessing my hand, uh, you know, <laughs> we can go for that, you know, getting hit like that, you know. So I felt confident in, in my hand. I felt confident in all the hard work. Um, it was just a, a a bad game in those those two plays really. I mean, and that that was really the, the finding moments of the game. And when you're playing good football teams, that that's usually what it is, you know. And they either go your way or, or they don't. And um, you know, I didn't didn't play timid at all, you know. Um, so that's where I feel confident, you know, is it is that uh, it just didn't go our way, and that's on me, you know. And it's really that simple. I you know, it's just I take the blame for it, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to 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 get on the plane and. And uh, watching the film, and, and also to uh, getting up in the early in the morning and getting back to work. You were in shotgun or pistol the whole game. Did that, did that change anything about anything at all? No, I didn't change anything. You know, we I've done that before and this and that. You know, just wanted to be smart. You know, didn't you know, wanted to do anything silly. You know, we had some plays that were under center, but um, you know, if we needed them and this and that, you know, I, I felt I took snaps under center this week and some, but we just wanted to be smart because a long game, you know, and taking all those snaps, just nothing crazy happening. You know, we could do all of our runs and all of our passes from that. So. Um, you know that that was fine. And I thought, you know, and yeah, so that wasn't a factor. You you try to... finger, was there any rustiness just from not having played in a month? No, I, like I said, I, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I, I just think that, uh, you know, it really came down to two plays. We were right there, um, you know. So uh, we make those two plays. I think the other time we we had a, um, you know, we were moving the ball right before half. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we got a penalty. You know, we were getting a field goal range there. That, so that, that helps swing the game a little bit, too. And, you know, so some, some things happened along the way that some really good things, some things that weren't very good at all. And those, those two things were on me. Pete said you would try out some, I don't know, different gloves or different things during the week. How did you kind of settle on the sheath or the, the wrap of the tape that looked like you had on your – Yeah, I, I, I tried tried different things all last week and different different things. I felt confident with, with obviously playing with my hand and all that, you know, obviously and stuff like that. But just in case it got really bad weather, it was snowing or something, you know, and, and it was really, really cold and dropped to, you know, you know negative five or something like that. That's, that's why I was, you know, just prepared. You know, you never know. And so – um, but you know, I, I, I threw threw with my hand all week, and you know, and threw with some the glove a little bit too. But um, that wasn't the factor. You know, we can we can say whatever you know, whatever you want to say or this or that. Yeah, I, I really, I felt 100% confident in, in, in our team. I felt 100% confident in the game plan. I thought Shane had put a really good game plan together. Unfortunately, it, it comes on my shoulders because I didn't I didn't fulfill those two big plays in those two moments. And um, you know, I don't, I don't ever shy away from 
from it. You know, when you play this position at the highest, highest level, there's going to be some stuff you have to weigh, weigh on your shoulders. And uh, there's, there's going to be awesome, some things that also great things that you get to weigh on your shoulders too. And uh, more great than bad. And uh, that's what I know. And, um, you know, so I, like I said, I thought our defense played great. I thought guys played really hard. I thought we came in prepared. And I thought we played a really good football team. I thought we were a really good football team. And, and uh, when you have, you know, two costly mistakes, I think, especially the one in the red zone, that's, you know, that, that, that's unfortunate. So. What did you see on that play on that throw? On the red zone one? Uh, you know, it was DK, you know, just trying to give him a shot, you know, and, you know, and, uh, and I kind of scampered outside the pocket to the left. And, um, you know, um, King's back was turned, so I tried to zip it in there, and he just he got his head around and made a play. Um, you know, I'm not going it, to – it's hard. You know, you, you never want to second-guess yourself on those plays because you make, so many, you make so many of them. You know, so a lot of touchdowns that way. You know, we've hit a lot of touchdowns in a lot of different circumstances. And, but uh, in that kind of game where it was back and forth, back and forth, that's where, you know, I can eliminate that, that mistake and, and uh, allow us to kick the field goal, make it 3-3, and here we go. Now it's now it's three three zero zero game basically and and keep playing, um, you know. So, you know, like I said, a hundred percent accountability on myself that that, that happened. Nobody else's nobody else's fault. Sorry, what'd you see on the the deep interception to Tyler? Yeah, just, you know, we were trying to launch one deep to Tyler, trying to get him a shot down the field, you know, and um, you know, and uh, you know, he almost made a great play, you know. Amos made a good, I think it was Amos made a good play on it, um, you know. So, you know, we, we've hit those two, you know. So I, I think that. Um, you know, on that, if I could do it, do it again. Just, you know, check it down. Probably don't don't love it. I'm just trying to, you know, get get him behind it, behind the guy. You know, um, I got enough umph on the ball and everything else. The ball was there. You know, threw a deep one down the field. So there, it wasn't like I, you know, couldn't throw it down the field or this or that. You know, I think that just it was later in the game, we felt like we needed to make a play. You know, and uh, was trying to make one, and, and it, it didn't work. For for this offense, this team to kind of get back on track after a great six start. Well, I think what's next is, is uh, tomorrow. You know, the sun comes up in the morning, and you look forward to tomorrow. Um, we're we're going to be resilient. I thought we were resilient all the way through the end of this game, even um, even when it was hard. And uh, you know, I know that I'll do everything I can to, to, to fix today. But like I said, it's it's not um, it's not some groundbreaking resolution. It's just us, us uh, me. It's just me doing doing my part of of those uh, little moments and those, those key moments, you know, that, that game, I always call them game altering plays, you know, and uh, we had two of them and they didn't go our way. Um, so uh, take 100% accountability for that. Like I said, though, with my hand, I feel 100% confident, you know, where I'm at, you know, I wouldn't be out here if I didn't, you know, um, it's, it's too important and I feel great about where we can go still. Um, you know, it was challenging. This this could have been a big, big step for us here to get to get this win. You know, on the, on the road and everything else. But um, unfortunately, because of you know my mishaps that here and there, you know, we, it, it didn't happen that way. But uh, I lo do look forward to tomorrow. I do look forward to getting back to work. You know, I, I look forward to you know watching the tape and seeing where I can get better, where we can get better. Seeing also the good things too. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm a I'm a, a guy who always believes in there's a lot of good. And uh, there is, there, there has been all season, and there's been some stuff that we can get better at. And that's why we play this game. That's why we wake up and go to work every day. Um, so uh, if anybody's looking forward to the challenge, I am. Yeah.
you mentioned the defense a couple times. Just how much confidence does that give you guys going forward if, if the defense is turned this corner like it has and playing the way it has been last year? Yeah, I thought the defense was really, really great tonight. They were physical on, on the run game. They made some plays. Uh, they got the pick on, on Aaron, too. Yeah, Jamal, that was Jamal, right? Jamal got that pick on Aaron and this and that. They, the game was back and forth. I got to give us a chance, you know, in, in that moment with, you know, like I said, in the red zone. But I do think that, um, you know, what I do know is, you know, I'm a fixer of things, you know, <laughs> that's what I do and that's what I believe in. And so I have a great confidence in that. I think also, too, with our defense and just how they've been flying around, you know, the, the secondary guys, you know, Diggs and, and, and Jamal, uh, I think our corners have been playing great. I think D-line has been exceptional the past few weeks and, and uh, you know, they've been battling and, uh, and obviously, you know, Bobby being that star in the middle there, he's, he's really special. So, um, you know, uh, we had a chance. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't work out because of, you know, the situation today. Uh, we've come to know DK as a pretty emotional guy. Yeah, we've come to know DK as a pretty emotional guy. He was just up here a few minutes ago, and his frustration was obvious. And how do you approach him after after a game like this, after a stretch like this? What, we know you guys are close. But what, yeah, what, DK, what yeah I, I don't think DK's emotional. I think he's passionate about what he does, and he loves his craft. And, and um, you know, he wants to win, just like I want to win, and just like we all want to win. So we felt like we had a chance there. We didn't. So, you know, you, you'd rather him be passionate than not, you know. So uh, that's that's the good thing about him is uh, he always does does it, you know, wants, wants to do everything right, wants to do everything to perfection. That's why I love playing with him. That's why I love going to, you know, going to battle with him every day and uh, the rest of the guys too. So um, we have a good football team, and we're not going to get discouraged. There's a lot of football left, a lot of football left, and it doesn't feel great. Um, of course, it doesn't. It shouldn't. Um, but the thing is, is that, like I said, the sun will rise tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll go back to work uh, with, with with a great mentality, and that's the only option. What's going on on third downs? What's going on on third downs? What's going on third down? I, I don't know what we were today. What were we today? 7 to 15, so 45%, 46%, something like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that... Um, you know, early on, I think that we had that one that we tried to, you know, end up running, and I thought that should have been a first down. I don't know really why it got changed, um, but uh, you know, I, I think that we've been battling, and um, you know, I think I think we got to watch the film really. Was it just tape you had? What, what was on? What were yeah, you? Yeah, just had a little tape and stuff on my finger. Anything else, guys? I'm sorry. Yeah. This team really never been here when you this deep into a season. So you don't have a precedent to fall back on. What are you falling back on? What are you telling your teammates right now? Well, I, I don't think it's about necessarily always precedent. I think it's just about the moment, you know. And I think the good thing is we have been, you know, down before. You know, I, I can't remember what years exactly. A lot of amazing years. A lot of years we've battled and gotten through things. Um, I think 2015 was one. Um, I believe that was a, a tough year at the beginning. Um, you know, and so uh, I think that... You know, the, the reality is, is that we have a lot of great parts, a lot of great pieces. And like, like, like I said, is a lot of times when there's chaos, when there's struggle, when there's, when there's frustration, when there's pain, when there's worry, whether if it's sports or life or anything, um, everybody has a resolution. You know, everybody has a resolution. And I think that um, really to resolve what we did today is just, you know, take away those two plays and we may have a chance to win that game in, in a great fashion. And, and uh, if you overcomplicate things, I think sometimes it'll, you'll get you distracted. I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm blessed to just, you know, step on the field again and do what I love to do, uh, to do it with the teammates that I love to do it with, uh, to do everything every minute, every hour of the past four weeks, 
you know, four plus weeks or whatever has been an amazing journey. And uh, to be able to play tonight was a blessing in itself. And uh, even though there's a lot of uh, frustration and, and, and disappointment on, on from internally with me, just, you know, with those two plays, I also, there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of love and there's a lot of passion for this game. There's a lot of uh, joy that I have tonight, even though it's, it's going to be hard to go home on this flight because I know I'm back. And I know that it um, didn't feel great, you know, losing that game in that fashion with those two plays. But um, what I do know is, you know, I'll be better. I'll be better. And uh, I always believe in myself. And I never, my confidence never wavers. So uh, it ain't going to waver now. You guys run screens. It just seems like they're just not hitting. Um, yeah, I, I think we've had a few good ones. You know, we had the one in Indy, and I think we were, you know, offsides on that one. Or and we had some, we had some, we've had some good ones. I think that you know, some of the screens we can hit a little bit more. This and that. They played that one really good in the game today. We had the, um, you know, the, the the fake look deep pass and down to Disley. I think it was. It just didn't work out the way we wanted to. That guy made a really good play. Um, so we just got we keep, gotta keep watching it. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Go I'll be back better. All right, that was Russell Wilson, 20-41-61 and two interceptions. Tough day for that guy. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL, built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. When we return, we will hear from Jamal Adams as he steps up to the podium. Seahawks fall to the Green Bay Packers, 17-0. Seahawks fall to the Green Bay Packers, 17-0, their first shutout since September 18, 2011, when they lost to the Steelers, 24-0. Let's hear from Jamal Adams. He's at the podium. When you've had some missed opportunities there, what was that like to finally get a get a pick in your hands? Man, it don't really matter, man. Obviously, you know, it's a good feeling, uh, but, you know, the ultimate goal is to win. So, uh, you know, I'm not really focused on that right now. Where this defense was, can you take any positive from losing? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we have another opportunity. Um, we're still in this thing. Uh, you know, our confidence is not going to waver. It's not going to change. Um, we're not going to change who we are. We're going to continue to compete, continue to work hard, um, and continue to fight. That's all we can do. What do you think has, I mean, the defense now, it's been been like a month or so playing a lot better. What, what's allowed you guys to turn things around a little bit? I think it's, you know, just everybody understanding their job. You know what I mean? Everybody playing off one another. Um, you know, the energy is there. The juice is there. Um, we just got to play smart. You know what I mean? In, in crucial situations, you know, we can't can't have penalties. Um, those those things lead to points. Um, especially playing a, a, gr a great group of guys like them, um, it's definitely gonna you know it's gonna get us get us beat at the end. Is it frustrating to have a, such a good defensive performance for as long as you guys did, and still not be good enough to win. It's frustrating to lose. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we'll be all right. We'll be back. Um, you know, we just got to keep fighting, keep believing, um, and that's all we can do. Do you feel like, uh, are you in a, feel like you're in a good place right now just in terms of what they're asking you to do, right? The, kind of finding that happy medium of, you know, when they ask you to get up to the quarterback and when you're dropping. And just, are you, you feel like, um, it just seemed like there was a lot of back and forth maybe early in the season and a lot of questions about how they were using you. Do you feel like, again, you're a little more settled in, a little more confident? Well, you know, um, obviously, you know, I just, when my name is called, um, I make the opportunity happen, um, and you know that's all I can can can, can control. Excuse me. Um, you know, obviously, you know, everybody wants a lot more opportunities um, in the game of football, but it doesn't happen like that. You know, it's a team sport, um, and at the end of the day, you know, the ultimate goal is to win, and we didn't come out victorious. 
is there something going on with when teams are running screens against you guys? Like a lot of chunk plays are coming off of those. Not just today, just yeah. this season. I mean, you know, obviously uh, the screens they work around the league, um, and you got to you got to understand situational football, understand where they're gonna take their shots uh, as far as you know screens and and, and wide delays and um, things like that. Uh, but you know, it's it's just playing situational football, understanding uh, you know where they're gonna take the shot. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to get them because, you know, we've gave up explosive plays in, in, in that regard. Um, but, you know, as long as we put out the fire and keep working at it, because um, we haven't put out the fire yet, um, they got a couple on us today, tonight. Um, but once we, you know, continue to put out the fire, that's when teams will, you know, stop running them. But until we stop it, it's going to be a long day. we gotta, we got to continue to work hard at that. Like, uh, you, were you and Quandre kind of lobbying that you guys were getting held or, like, pushing the back on some of those? Say it again. Were you and Quandre arguing that you guys were getting held or pushing the back? Not with each other, like, to the officials on some of those screens? <laughs> you trying to get me in trouble, man. Um, it wasn't that. Uh, it was more so um, just trying to be clear as far as the rules. You know what I mean? Just that, that was just wanted some clarity. Um, you know, just peeling back. I didn't think that, you know, that was allowed in football anymore. Uh, like a peel back block, uh, but you know, <laughs> stay out of that. I stay out of that. You were in on that third down run stuff that Jordan Brooks had. I think he had like 14 tackles. Is what have you seen out of him the last few weeks? He's 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 a beast. You know what I mean? He's 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 very natural at what he does. He, he's very instinctive. Um, he's a great teammate. Um, and he he wants to be great. Um, and you know he's going to continue to you know get better at the little things. Um, he, his game has changed tremendously uh, from the start of the, begin, the beginning of the season until now. Um, he's understanding situational fo- football. He's understanding how they're going to attack him. Um, and I think that's key for, for a guy that's younger in, in his career. Um, but he's going to be special. That was Jamal Adams. Had a pretty good game today. He had 11 tackles, seven solo. Two QB hits and his first interception as a Seahawk. If you had to rate his performance today, Paul Moyer, who would you give him? Well, I give him an A, that's for sure. And he's been playing well. You know, sometimes we only look at the plays he doesn't make, and sometimes it's in the passing game. And, you know, we know the one interception that he could have had that hit him in the face mask. But the guy's relentless in the run game. He's relentless in the pass game. And now he's starting to get more comfortable because he is playing some more cover, too, and playing some more zone, not just playing like an outside linebacker but a true safety spot. So, yeah, I mean, his best game, he's my MVP of today's game. Just giving it to you early so you guys got something to think about. Um, <laughs> but he, he's so productive today, and uh, he made some big plays. And, you know, he's starting to feed off, I think, on the younger guys. Trey Brown made a big hit, you know, and, well, a big play on that one third down play where, you know, he read the quarterback, really good drive. And uh, I'm seeing more and more of that from Jamal, too. Yeah, you know, I like the way Jamal approaches the game, and, you know, sometimes it gets him in trouble, um, you know, because he's a little bit over-aggressive. But I also, too, think that, you know, just last year was just an, a really interesting year that he ended up with nine and a half sacks and was around the line of scrimmage so much, doing so many different things, that it kind of set an expectation of, uh, you know, what this year was going to be like. And then I think, like Paul just said, like, you know, I don't know the secondary as much, but uh, but when I hear Paul say that, you know, he's learning some new things and having to play some different uh, different ways in coverage and, you know, presenting his skill set to the defense in a different way, that takes some some getting used to as well. And so then we tend to see, you know, all the things that, that's not going well and we kind of 
zero on those. But from what I see, I, I like the aggressive, aggressiveness that he plays with. He has been playing, it seems, pretty solid the last few weeks. And the, and the one thing I do else I like about Jamal, you may not like the answers that he gives you, but he but he comes up there. He gets up there, and people ask try to ask him tough questions. And I think some some guys you know you know make it their plan to ask him a tough question to get some kind of rise out of him. And and he gives you the answer that he has, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think we're seeing Jamal evolve as a football player a little bit. There are a couple of times where that football was thrown deep, he was over the top. Um, he's making some tackles. He's wrapping up a bit more. Not only going for the big hit. So, yeah, I like where Jamal is going right now. Now's your chance to work for some of the world's most premier sports and entertainment events. Lumenfield is currently hiring over 500 new employees for event and game day positions with wages starting at $21 per hour. Come be a part of the energy and excitement of game day at Lumenfield. Apply today at lumenfield.com employment. When we return, we will hear from Jordan Brooks. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks dropped to 3-6 and six after losing to the Green Bay Packers 17-0 at Lambeau Field. Let's go down to the locker room with Jen Miller. She's standing by with Jordan Brooks. Jordan, it's not often that Roger, Aaron Rodgers looks confused, but he did in that first half. What was different about what you guys did on defense today? Um, nothing was different um, scheme-wise. I thought that um, guys just locked in this week, knew the challenges that we were facing with this quarterback, and uh, everybody just played sound and disciplined. You had a couple of early stops on Dylan. How tough of a running back is he to bring down? He's a big guy. You know, physics comes into the play, and so, you know, he's going to get his yards. But the uh, thing that we got to, you know, hone in on is just wrapping and driving our legs. For three quarters, I mean, you guys just look dominating. What was it that stood out to you most during those three, three and a half quarters even? You know, like I said, guys just kind of getting in the rhythm. You know, we three and out here, three and out there, three and out here. And, um playing sound and playing discipline. Um, and I think that gets us a long way uh, defensively. How much did that fourth quarter just come down to fatigue and being on the field a lot? Yeah, that comes into play. You know, uh, a lot of snaps for the defense, but, you know, no excuses. We got to finish. And so that's going to be the, the, you know, the motto going in the next week is finish. A couple of big screen plays. I don't know that they scored on the drives that there were some big screen plays, but what is the challenge there with sniffing those out and, and shutting them down? Yeah, they did a good job in catching us in some coverages where, you know, some of the. Um, Defenders, we turn our backs and then they try to sneak a screen in there. And so we'll be good this week, you know, watching the tape and, and figure out where they try to hit us at. You do get an interception with Jamal Adams on that. That's a positive on that one. But what does that do for the defense now that you started to have more games with takeaways and interceptions? Yeah, it does a lot for us. You know, they get no points and um, we get the ball back to the offense. And that, that was huge. Um, that was a huge play for Jamal. And so I told him after the game, man, we need more of that. You know, from me, him, Bobby, everybody. And so the more turnovers, I think they'll position us to win games more. Lastly, you lead the team in tackles today, but Bobby, my, Bobby Wagner reaches a milestone. Do you have any words even, or have you run out of ways to de- try to describe what Wags does? Man, it's, it, the only way I can describe him is just consistency. You know, just consistency. You know, every year, I think he's been in the league, he's had over 100 tackles. And, you know, for him to reach another milestone, 100, that's big. You know, that's hard to do as a linebacker. And so give him all the praise, man. I'm happy for him to still be doing this at his age, man. I just I want him to keep going as long as he can. In fact, Michael Bumpus, he is just the third player since 19, mid-80s, I think, 1987, to reach 100 tackles in 10 straight years. 
Bobby Wagner reaches a milestone today. Jordan Brooks had a day of his own, 13 tackles, one tackle for loss. We're starting to see this linebacker really come into his own. I'm sure he's under great tutelage with Bobby Wagner. He's showing him the ropes, teaching him how to be a professional, and holding him accountable. We see a lot of communication going on between those two, Ray. Yeah, I, you know, we talked to, to him in the preseason, and we are asking him what was the difference between uh, this training camp and, and the, the pandemic year training camp, and he was saying that to actually be in person. And, you know, they, they, they got a lot of things done over Zoom, but to be in person, to be beside Bobby Wagner so you can ask him, like, why did you do certain things or why did you not do certain things, to see how early he gets in and how late he stays. So, like, I think he's learning a lot. You know, um, from what I remember, Jordan Sandy's not a – Jordan isn't a very vocal dude himself, so he observes a lot. And so he, I think he gets a lot from just watching how Bobby goes about his business and then kind of incorporating it into what his style of play is. And he seems to be making some strides here. You know, after a lot of splashes last year, maybe starting the season out a little bit slow this year, but it has picked up the steam in the last few weeks. Well, he's certainly uh, – he's becoming a really good football player. I mean, this guy in college played no zone defense. He has no concept of it. He spied for the most part when he was at Texas Tech. Um, but the raw ability of him, his size, his speed, uh, and to me, I think his instincts. I mean, he has great instincts in the running game. Um, and the passing part is starting to come into play pretty well. So uh, his upside's huge. I mean, I think eventually, you know, he's he's the middle linebacker, you know, replace Bobby down the road. But um, he can play any position. He really can at linebacker. And he can at, I think he'd even be an edge rusher if they really wanted to make him that. Yep, eventually Bobby Wagner will pass the torch to this young man. I asked for the tight ends to get involved today. They did. Gerald Everett had eight targets, eight receptions, 63 yards. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. Gerald, it was nice to see Russell Wilson out there, but the offense just didn't look the same. What was missing? Well, I don't think anything was missing. I think it was just a matter of not finishing and not really executing throughout the entire course of the drive and throughout the entire course of the game. And it just came down to the Packers just wanting it more apparently and dominating on defense. Did you notice a difference in the way Russ was throwing it? I know that he was ripping it. I know he was making some throws. But did that finger affect him, at least from a pass-catching standpoint? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not a finger specialist or a quarterback specialist. But I, for what I saw this week of practice, I don't. I didn't see anything different from Russ. Uh, he looked... He looked at his normal self from Monday, coming up leading until Sunday in the game. And, I mean, you got 300-pound guys chasing you, and it's hard to see Tyler downfield and keep your eyes without getting tackled. And I just think, you know, it comes with the game of football. This team has been so good, though, coming out of halftime, right? right. Knowing that if you have to finish and, and you have to kind of get something started, mm-hmm. you've been able to do that. Yeah. It seems like this is something that the team has been good at in the past. Why, why couldn't it come together today? Hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, you know, it could be a different number of reasons, but only way we'll know is when we go in tomorrow and dissect the film and just, you know, be honest with ourselves and just say what we could have did better and, you know, be, take accountability for it. Sum it all up. This team had committed just four turnovers coming into the game. Right. Two today. How did those affect the outcome? Well, I mean, in this league, you turn the ball over, and this is what happens. And we did that twice, like you said, and where those interceptions or fumbles or just giving the ball back to the defense on three and outs. I mean, you can't do that. And Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, and Green Bay Packers is a great team. So you just that's the result you get. You mentioned the defense. How incredible did they play for three and three and a half quarters? They did. They played exceptional tonight. Uh, the back end, uh, specifically Jamal and Quandre. You know, Jamal came away with that pick, and they gave us a boost. He just we just couldn't come and deliver. 
defensively again, Bobby Wagner, I know that you don't necessarily look at him as much as you would look at other guys. Right. Ten seasons of 100 tackles or more. Right. That's incredible. Right. He's a great guy, great leader for this team, and that's what we expect of him. That's what he expects of himself, and I think he's going to continue to do that. You know, whether it's going to be a down year for us or whether we go and win the Super Bowl, Bobby's going to play all out, and that's what we that's what we hate him for. So, lastly, where do you go from here? Do you host the the Cardinals next week? Where does the team go? We got to go back to the drawing board, and we're going to pretend like this never happened. You know, obviously we're having a down year, but we're going to have to take the same focus, the same mentality going into Arizona. All right, thank you, Gerald. Bump, we'll get that back to you. Thank you, Jane. That was Gerald Everett. Eight catches, 63 yards on eight targets, a long of 12. The Seahawks mobile app has everything you need to keep up with your favorite team. Stay up to date on the latest games, highlights, news, and stats. Download the app now or go to Seahawks.com app to learn more. Okay, when we return, Russell Wilson showed some accountability and leadership in his press conference today. Me and the guys will talk about that. Your Seahawks lose to the seat to the Green Bay Packers 17-0. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. Before we break down and give you more analysis, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. The conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Russell Wilson has done a lot of press conferences after the game. We've heard him speak a lot. We've heard him say a lot of the same things. He's usually positive. Uh, we know he's going to have that neutral mindset. But today he said some things that we're not accustomed um, to hearing him say. And I think we thought it was pretty cool. Let's hear the clip. The reality was the game was 3 nothing all the way, you know, till fourth quarter or whatever. And, um, you know, we should have won that game. Our defense played great. Um, guys battled throughout the whole game. Um, between two really good teams, I got to play better, and uh, that was on me. There was those two plays. That was really the game, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't second guess anything. You know, I have 100% confidence in, in uh, our team and what we can do and what I can do and what, what we're going to do. And uh, you know, and that, that's that's really, that's really my mindset is accountability. He said. You know, it was pretty much on him. There were a couple of plays that broke down, and he took accountability for forcing the football to Tyler Lockett late, forcing the football to DK in the end zone, and pretty much said, I have to play better. Now, we, we've heard Russell speak after losses where he probably could have played better, and we expected him to say that. This is the first time we heard him say it and say it over and over and over again. And I think when you are 3-6 and six and you are the leader of this football team, you get paid the most to go out and perform, your teammates need to hear this. Yeah, I thought it was important. Um, I mean, it, it was cool that he said it one time, but then he said it like a couple, three different times throughout his his comments. But uh, I think it's a positive thing in that it, if you're the, the guy that everyone's looking at and you're holding yourself to that level of accountability, nobody else can do anything less than that. You know what I'm saying? You can't then like sugarcoat, you know, what's going on or, hey, it's going to be okay or, you know, like, and some people will think that, you know, holding yourself accountable is is you know somehow not positive, you know. But uh, but but and it doesn't. It may not, may not feel like the same way that Russ has always you know you know been super positive. But it is a positive thing to hold, to hold yourself accountable that way. And then and then for people that uh, that you're leading to see you holding yourself that way. And because then you know that like okay, if Russ says that this this was on him, and uh, and he's going to take accountability for these things then what can I take accountability for? 
and then what ends up happening is what you wanted to to uh, to achieve it at the beginning is that everybody just takes accountability for for what you have control over. And then if you do that, you find the things that you need to find to create the change you need, and then hopefully you come out with a better a better you know performance. Yeah, I mean Russ is always positive. I mean, it just that's his nature, and he and he he's he's branded it too. I think what's interesting about this one is look. First of all, yes, it's his fourth worst quarterback rating game ever. One of them he won. The other two that we got blown out. So it's not very often where he's played poorly. And we were in the game, and really, if he had played well, we probably win this game. I mean, it just it hasn't happened that often. So, I mean, I think he saw it for what it was. This is like he didn't have his best game. He completed about 50%, and he missed on some big plays. I mean, you can't throw two interceptions in the end zone. Just can't. There's really no excuse for it, unless it's a Hail Mary at the end of the game. So, um, again, I, I think we talked about it earlier as well. I think it's good as also because you are such a veteran and sometimes everybody's looking like, well, whose fault is it? And, you know, even when you play well defensively, and in this case, I think it's him. You know, it's not you, Waldron. It's not you, DK. It's not the offensive line. You know, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta be better than what mm-hmm. I, I was today. Now we we all have kids, right? And uh, we all have multiple kids at that. And there are situations where you walk into a situation with your kids, and you know all of them messed up. You're looking at them. You're like, man, you guys really messed this up. Every now and then, the oldest kid steps up and go, hey, that was me. And he takes it or she takes it on the chin for the little brothers and sisters. And I think that does something for the relationship. I think that's what we saw today. We saw Russell step up and take it on the chin and go, look, this one's for me. And he said it um, multiple times, like you said, Ray. So I, I think people people are gonna are always going to critique Russell. You get those critiques when you are the leader of a football team. You get paid a lot of money. So just like you critique him for – "Quote unquote," being a robot or not being vulnerable, you got to show him some love with this one here, man. He, I think he grew in this loss because he really had to look in the mirror and say, "Man, I make those two good decisions. This game could be different." Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the analogy that you used with your with the kids. You know, the one of the I look at it this way: like the I have these like monthly or quarterly meetings, if you want to call it that, with my kids to take ownership of the things that I've messed up mm-hmm. and then to also receive feedback from them on what I can be doing better. And that sets a tone for them to then be to be comfortable saying like, oh, well, this is kind of what where I kind of you know, messed it up, Dad, and this is what I can do better and da-da-da-da-da. And so I, I think that uh, Russell, you know, in the way that he did it tonight was different than, than what we've heard before. And I just think it's a good thing. I, I think it's, it's, it's not a – really hard thing to do and it's really easy to, to just take responsibility for it and then go right back to doing you know how you do it You're, it doesn't change your approach to it it doesn't change your positivity it doesn't change your mindset or anything like that but it, it can create some more connectivity with the people that are following you and not that there was a lack of that but I'm just saying it can strengthen that I would put it that way well Ray you better than me because my kids are too young. I don't want no feedback from you. You go to school, you brush your teeth and wash your face when I tell you to and eat. I'm not taking feedback from my kids. But, yeah, I, I, I like where you're coming from. I think communication is just big, right? Yep. When you're dealing with people, you got to be vulnerable and honest. You know, I, I will say this. On the defensive side, I really didn't care what any of the offensive guys said. I, I really I'm, – I'm too busy worrying about myself and defense – you know, and I'm sure it spills over and maybe they, they look at it. I think social media is so much bigger now that I think it is important, you know, the, the message you're saying. 
But yeah, I great. I'm glad you thought you won't lost the game. Great, you threw an interception. I don't care. I'm worried about tomorrow what they're going to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about football too. There's units, right? Yep. And and uh, you know everyone gets critiqued. Okay, when we return, we will break down the Arizona Cardinals. They lost today. They are eight and two, but still. First in the NFC West. That's coming up next here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Rogers steps up in the pocket, looks, gets hit, steps out of a possible sack. Bobby hits him. Ball is in the end zone, and it's picked off. Jamal Adams picks it off. It's intended in the end zone for DeGuara. Rogers is hit just as he throws the ball by Wagner. It's intercepted the Seahawks. Kill the drive by the Packers and take over the first interception for Adams this season. Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. All right, this game's over, fellas. It's over. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't nice to us. But now it's time to focus on next week's opponents. The Arizona Cardinals, who are sitting at 8-2. They lost to the Carolina Panthers today, 34-10. to No Kyler Murray. No DeAndre Hopkins. Just our luck. These guys are going to be ready to go when it's time to play the Seahawks. We know the challenges that they present on offense. They have James Conner. They have A.J. Green. I mentioned Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They've gone out and really built a solid football team. When I look at this football team, I just think offensive firepower. I think that you go inside the box with the run game, outside the perimeter to the wide receivers. They have enough to make it a game if all these guys are healthy. Thankfully, this defense has been playing good football for a month. So, we got a fighting chance. I think Russell Russell said he was 100%. I don't think he was 100%. I think he's going to have a week to get healthy, get better, fix some things, and see how they perform against the Cards. Yeah, you know, you know the Cardinals, you know, if those guys are all back and and uh, Tyler, uh, Kyler Murray is playing, it, it, you know, it's obviously going to present a problem. That's the, that's the full unit that was, you know, just kind of tearing up the league at, uh, up until today. And even last week they put on a great performance with Colt McCoy, you know, running the show. This week it looks like they benched Colt at some point and brought in a, a third uh, quarterback in Chris uh, Strevier, I think that's how you say his name, who went six for nine for 36 yards. But uh, but then on defense they have some players. They have, you know, Buda Baker, one of the top uh, safeties in the league. They have, uh, you know, the Simmons kid who's an up-and-coming kind of, uh, you know, secondary defender. And then uh, every now and again um, – the pass rusher uh, Chandler Jones at one point this year he had five sacks and one game has kind of gone down a little bit since then but uh, but he's still a dude that can present problems up front so this has always been a challenge for the Seahawks th- this this matchup and so I don't expect it to be any different this time yeah I mean look they're the fifth ranked offense the fourth ranked defense as you mentioned they got playmakers all over the board they you know they obviously they didn't have Kyler Murray or um, uh, Hopkins. Hopkins today so I mean they're going to be a much different team next week hopefully they're still a little banged up coming into the game uh, against us they also have Zach Ertz who they they right. picked up I they're I, 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 I go on you got uh, AJ Green they've got they they're loaded uh, it's a really good football team but they've lost two of their last three and they didn't play well in the one in between against the 49ers so I, I always like playing teams who are struggling just a little bit. We are too. Um, it's obviously a must win. <laughs> it's just it's, <laughs> every it's game a is must a must win. win from here on we, out. We can't go three and seven and expect to run the table. I mean, this is be a game that if we just feel like we're getting a little healthy, the the schedule towards the end of the year does is favorable. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game. They're they're full of weapons on both sides of the ball. 
Should be a tough one. These guys are undefeated on the road as well. Let's change things up when they come to Lumen Field next week. All right, today's final score, the Packers 17, the Seahawks 0. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks return to Lumen Field next week for an NFC West showdown with the Arizona Cardinals. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Packers, 17-0. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. The Seahawks taking L to the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, 17-0. We knew it was going to be tough to win there. End of the day, they still had an opportunity to win. Only gave up three points going all the way into the fourth quarter until they gave up 17, excuse me, 14. But now we're joined by John Clayton. John, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, we're doing all right. You know, it's frustrating to see this team struggle, especially when you feel like the defense is doing some really good things. They held Aaron Rodgers to no touchdowns and an interception. I think that's a feat in itself. The quarterback play for the Seahawks wasn't the greatest. What is your take back from this game? Well, I mean, first off, who would ever thought that if you bring Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson back after missing time on the field, that they'd have the lowest scoring first half in the NFL this year. Three points. That's it. Lowest scoring. Whoever thought that? But I think you can see that both quarterbacks weren't totally in sync. I mean, you can see certainly how the you know, the cover two of Green Bay negatively affected Russell Wilson's ability to get the ball to the wide receivers, you know, particularly DK Metcalf and to uh, you know Tyler Lockett. I mean, fortunately, they were able to get the tight ends more involved, but uh, you know that wasn't good, and they just continue to have problems on third down. I mean, third down conversions remain terrible. Then you look at Aaron Rodgers, you can see that he probably wasn't totally strong coming off COVID-19 for 10 days. And so they basically tried to uh, have him throw screen passes and shorter type passes that he's not used to doing. And uh, you know, it did work, but also it didn't get points until the fourth quarter when I think the defense wore down. So it was a strange game one that I, I still thought that, uh, you know, you go back to last year, and again, the, the criticism that I have and I think others had is that when you pass the ball too much in your Seattle, you get yourself in trouble. And this team passed the ball so much more than it ran the ball. You remember last year, it was a 60-40 pass-to-run team, and, you know, Russell had his biggest number of interceptions. Well, today, you know, they threw the ball a lot, particularly on first down, and they end up getting two interceptions. Hey, John, when you, when you look at the team and, you know, before the game, we were trying to think about, you know, what needs to happen uh, for this team to, to even have a chance to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you look at the rest of the schedule, but then also look at, you know, the things that need to be fixed uh, on, with this offense and with this team, what is your realistic goal or, or, or your thoughts around them making the playoff run? Well, my, my thought was that uh, you knew it was going to be tough in Green Bay, but now the must-win overall is Arizona. Because if they go 0-2 in those two games that are 3-7, and it's over. I mean, they're not going to be able to do anything because, again, you know, everything's going to stack up against them. I mean, you still have six teams right now in the NFC with winning records, but I think you can see a big drop-off coming from the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they've lost now two in a row and very well could be 5-5 uh, five and five next week, and that can open up that sixth playoff spot as a wild card. Uh, you look at the positive side as far as the schedule. I mean, they still have – four easy games you know Detroit uh, they have uh, certainly uh, 
you know, Chicago, they've got Houston, and they've got, uh, you know, you could even add maybe San Francisco into that mix too. But there's, you know, four winnable games, Washington being one of them, that, you know, that, that could get them five wins and get them to seven. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're getting them to eight if they can beat San Francisco. I guess the key is you win the four winnable games and then you come back and try the best you can to go two and two in the division, and that can get you up to nine, and nine probably can get you in. Yeah, that's, you know, just looking at the schedule here now, you know, as you mentioned, Carolina yep. Panthers are five and five. Vikings are four and five. There are some teams that won today that, you know, that didn't help. I, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Just Tampa Bay. I mean, all yeah. of a sudden now they've come back to earth. Six and three. I think everybody thought they were the front runner. Now the Packers are the number one seed, at least as it stands uh, in the NFC. What, what happened in, in Tampa Bay versus Washington? Well, I mean, again, they, uh, you know, they started to get some injuries. I know that Vita Vea was carted off the field. That didn't help. Uh, they did a great job of trying to contain uh, Tom Brady today as, as one of the few teams that's been able to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like what you're seeing it every week right now. No matter how good you think you are, you're going to lay some eggs. I mean, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the games like Baltimore on Thursday night. They laid an egg big time. I mean, you look at Buffalo last week losing to Jacksonville. That was an egg. And so, you know, Dallas losing the week before to Denver and falling behind 36 to nothing. You know, so it's like everybody has their eggs right now. And Arizona today, they had a big egg in getting blown out in their game. So it's like, uh, you know, week in and week out, you don't know even if the good teams are going to be good. John New England blew out the Cleveland Browns 45-7. to Going into this week, they had the number 10 scoring offense in the NFL. How serious is Mac Jones? Uh, he's, he's good. I mean, I think, I think you can see it, and particularly with the talent that surrounded him. You know, say what you want about Bill Belichick. You know, he's now reestablished himself after last year, taking all the criticism. It's like, oh, yeah, you're nothing without uh, Tom Brady. I mean, you take away Tom Brady, you're a seven-win team. But right now they're at six, and because of the fact that, uh, you know, they're, they're getting better and better and better, they're better on defense. Mac Jones looks for real. There's no question he looks like, you know, the best uh, – rookie quarterback taken in the first round even better than trevor lawrence and a lot of people thought that uh, that was the case because you know coming out of alabama i mean he looked so good and uh you know now it's a matter you can see how good he is but when you surround him with two 12 and a half million dollar tight ends and you you get him decent running backs even though their their main starter damian harris didn't play but uh, they're they're looking good right now and so that was a big win for them. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're on the heels of trying to see if they can stay close to or catch up to Buffalo. All right, John. Well, you have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Okay, when we return, we will hear from DJ Reed. That's next on Your Home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Paul Moore. The Hawks lose to the Green Bay Packers 17-0, but one of the bright spots – was that young man, DJ Reed. He had five solo tackles, two passes defended. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. DJ, I, I just heard you talking about changing your cleats. You were not the only guy out there who changed their cleats and, and a result of the field conditions. What were they like? How did the weather play a role today? Yeah, on that first drive, I slipped on the, the third and nine. Um, 83 ran a fade and I was on it and everything. And I just, just lost my footing and slipped. Um, AR, he underthrew it a little bit, so it gave me time to catch back up, and it was a 41-yard play, but we did get off the field on that um, drive. 
You almost had an interception on that drive, too. How close were you? Yeah, man, I broke on the ball. I knew that they liked to get the ball to 17. So once I, you know, seen um, AR, you know, bring his hand up, I just broke. Um, I just watched it on film. He touched it, um, and then obviously I touched it. So it was definitely an opportunity I could have had. It looked like early on you had him confused. Was the defense doing something different? Did, did you try to throw some different looks at him? We pretty much stick to our script, what we already do. Um, just the matter of disguising things with everybody. So as the game goes on, you see him get more comfortable. But what stands out about where the defense was most effective? Because it looked dominating out there. Yeah, I just think we're playing good complementary football for the most part. Um, pretty much our, our third down conversion has been low compared to the beginning of the season. And that's just a testament to the, the coaching staff and the guys in the room that just bought in. And we got to get the job done. There were some big hits. And I think Quandre digs it. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but it looks like he makes guys hurt when he hits them. What oh, yeah. about his effort against Devontae today? Oh, yeah. I feel like he's the best um, middle field safety in the league by far. You know, you got a guy that gets interceptions. Um, he gets interceptions every year. You got a guy that also comes down and runs the alley. I feel like the best in the league. Did fatigue set in in the fourth quarter? Um, I wouldn't say for me personally. Um, I don't think that was the issue. I just think, you know, guys just probably just got worn down. Just I don't know, but I can't really speak for everybody. What's the best way to stop Devontae Adams? Because he can still find so many different ways to get downfield. Yeah, he gets targeted a lot. Um, I think it's more than 10 times a game. Um, and he's an extraordinary player. So you got to slow him down with, you know, playing some cover two, playing a little bit of man. You got to definitely have an eye on him and double him. Lastly, the effort of Bobby Wagner, 10 seasons, 100 or more tackles in each one of his seasons. What does that say to you? Man, Bobby's probably the most consistent guy, you know, in our locker room. Um, he's here early every morning um, for treatment, and he's not even hurt, just taking care of his body. The way that I sit next to him, so the way that he takes notes, um, you would think he's a rookie, the way he just tries to soak everything up. Um, and he's in, I believe, year 10 or, yeah, year 10, and he still has that, that hunger mindset. So um, definitely I, I, learned, I learned a lot from Bobby, and I'm still learning from him. Yeah, that seems to be a pretty common theme around the Seahawks. Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. That was DJ Reed. Had himself a day. Like I mentioned, two passes defended. That secondary in general had a good day. I mean, you held Aaron Rodgers to no touchdowns and one interception. Jamal Adams gets an interception. First one as a Seahawk. You see Trey Brown makes a play. You heard DJ talk about Quandre Diggs getting downhill, making plays himself. There are some positives. I know, I know, folks. Three and six. You're going to nitpick. I get it. You should be disappointed. We expected this team to be further along at this point of the season, but there's no denying this defense has played good football the past month, Ray. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I like, too, is that uh, the guys in the secondary, the, uh, the corners, I'll put it that way, uh, there's been a lot of pressure on them you know, for, for, since the training camp started and all the rotations and who's in and who's out. And then Trey Flowers, you've been released and, and uh, all the, the coverage around the, the success or lack of success of the corners. And uh, they have some guys that are in there battling, and uh, and they're getting better. And and I think Paul mentioned earlier, uh, you know, even with Jamal Adams and how he's fitting in with you know with his assignments and plans, a little bit more coverage and things that he wasn't asked to do this first year here. And that that secondary seems like it's kind of rounding into something. And uh, and I like that you can hear still there's confidence in the corners, like even through all the stuff that they've battled, you know, this season. 
uh, that they still have enough confidence to know that they can go out there, be better, and then put a performance together like they did tonight? Well, I think you go up against Devontae Adams, who had 11 targets, seven catches, but he only averaged 11 yards you know, per completion. He had a 34-long one. I, I look at this team, uh, what they did. They gave up a couple big plays. One of them was to A.J. Dillon, and that was should not have been a 50-yard play. We should have got him out of bounds for about a 10-yard mm-hmm. play, and then the way we played it after that wasn't very good. Uh, he had, uh, again, the, the one that uh, D.J. was talking about, uh, where he slipped, that was a 41-yarder. They end up not scoring on that play. I mean, that's 91 yards right there on two plays that really shouldn't have happened. Um, that was a slip, and that, the 50-yarder really, to me, wasn't on the secondary. It was on the linebackers in that situation. So, uh, look, they should feel confident. I, I think Trey Brown has brought um, a competitive nature to him, right. uh, you know, on how to break on the football. Um, he's made that the, He made that huge third-down play where he – he did it perfect. I mean, from a technique standpoint, when you're in a zone, you get back, and as soon as that quarterback, the ball starts to come off his his hand or you know the lead hand that comes off the ball, you got to start to settle and get ready to break. And I see it many times where our interior, either the nickel at times and the linebacker, they're still backpedaling. And you can't backpedal when that quarterback's starting to throw the football on his own. You got to be ready to break sideways downhill, back, somewhere. I mean, but you got to start to square up. Trey Brown does that instinctively and makes plays. So I feel good with Reed and Brown on the outside, mix in some other guys. It's it, The last four games, you guys, we've given up uh, 17 points, 7 points, 13 points, and really 20 in regulation. We end up losing uh, in overtime. They kicked the field goal to get to 23, talking about Pittsburgh. So that's winning football on at least the defensive side. What I like about Trey in that play that you described is that he went in for the tackle and the pass breakup at the same time, right? He didn't do one or the other. A lot of times where guys get caught up, they're like, okay, I'm just going in for the tackle, which is fine, secure the tackle. Or some guys, I'm just going in for the pass breakup, and that's where big plays happen. You talk about technique. I love watching that young man play. He seems in control, and he uses his technique. Okay, when we return, we will – Give some highlights to this past game. Hawks lose to the Green Bay Packers 17-0. We got highlights next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cobble Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to a Hawk Talk. I'm hanging out with the guys. It's time to recap this game and give some highlights. The very first drive by the Green Bay Packers, Rasheem Green comes up big with his second sack of the season. Rodgers steps up in the pocket, and now Rodgers goes down, gets hit by Rasheem Green, holding on to the football. Great coverage downfield by the Seahawks, nowhere to go with the ball. A loss of five yards, and the Seahawks just planted Rodgers. Yeah, it was good to see Rasheem uh, kind of get off and, and get a uh, get off to a good start in the game. He had a good preseason. We're expecting a lot out of him. He has two sacks so far. That was his second sack. So it was, it was a good pass rush. A little bit of a covered sack, but he still had a good pass rush on the on the sack. You need guys like Rasheem Green to step up. That would lead to a missed 42 yard field goal for Mason Crosby. Both teams with Trey Punts. And on the third drive, Ryan Hill came up big on third down. Third and seven. Rodgers near his own goal line is going to throw deep again. Got a man down there, and the ball is knocked away. Great play. Getting in there, Neal. Ryan Neal to smack it away as he was closing fast. The receiver was right between the safeties, and Ryan Neal gets deep and makes that play on Alan Lazard, a big-bodied wide receiver who had that ball knocked away. Great defensive play. Yeah, well described there. I, look, I think we talked about making big plays, you know, in key situations. And Ryan Neal has done that really since we've had him the last couple of years. The bad side is he went out 
uh, into the locker room at the end of the game. And we I don't know if we've got word on how he's doing. Yeah, that was a big play. And Lazard is 6-5. I mean, you're making a play on that dude, <laughs> man. You better come with some force. Seahawks will punt on the next drive, and the Packers will get on the board with a 14-play, 82-yard drive, but settle for a field goal. After a Seahawks punt, Trey Brown came up big on fourth and two right before the half. Rodgers on a fourth down and two, takes a shotgun snap, looks, throws inside, ball is yes. knocked down. Actually, it's the receiver, bounced off the receiver because he was hit so hard by the defensive back, Trey Brown, who just unloaded on Lazard and knocked that ball loose. He was just across the line to make was Lazard. Ball was coming in hot, and Trey Brown got there just at that moment and knocked it down. Huge play for the Seahawks defense. It's a training book reel, uh, and you'll go watch a rookie, Trey Brown, and how he plays that. He made uh, Aaron Rodgers indecisive. Do I throw? this inside or outside and he was settled and ready to make a break either way and and you mentioned also too bump he didn't just go through the football he was in position to make the tackle also it was a perfect play we need more of those and i think he can be a big part of it we call that clinic film right there in the second half after trading punts the seahawks put together their best drive going 11 plays for 50 yards but kevin king picked off russell wilson in the end zone russ takes the shotgun snap Steps up, looks. Now he's got to move. Now he's sliding left again. Now he throws to the goal line, and it's intercepted in the end zone. The ball was on the ground. No. They're saying they are saying it was a touchback. King dropped the ball after he hit the ground, and Russell drives that ball, and he I don't think he ever saw King as he tried to get it to Metcalf. Three defenders around. That one he forced. So unfortunate for the Seahawks. We heard Russell Wilson speak after the game. He said, look, I made two big mistakes. That was one of them. He gets outside the pocket, sees DK in the back of the end zone, just tries to fit it in there. I don't think he saw Kevin King at all, or else he wouldn't throw that football. That was tough. On the next drive, the Packers responded driving the length of the field, but Aaron Rodgers was also intercepted in the end zone. This time, first time as a Seahawk by Jamal Adams. Rodgers steps up in the pocket, looks, gets hit, steps out of a possible sack. Bobby hits him. Ball is in the end zone, and it's picked off. Jamal Adams picks it off. It's intended in the end zone for DeGuara. Rodgers is hit just as he throws the ball by Wagner. It's intercepted the Seahawks. Kill the drive by the Packers and take over the first interception for Adams this season. Uh, it was good for him to get that interception. He needed it uh, just to get that confidence that he can start making those plays. You know, it, it was a great pass rush. I thought we actually rushed um, Aaron Rodgers pretty well. And in that one, you know, almost a couple of sacks. The one thing we talked about at the beginning of the game, Aaron believes in his arms so much that he's going to throw a contested ball. you got to come up with it. And Jamal Adams, right after Russell Wilson threw an interception in the end zone, very next drive, he got one back for the Seahawks. Way to respond. He went up and got that football with his hands, and then he did the discount double-check celebration. <laughs> I appreciated that. From that point on, it was all Packers. After a Seahawk punt, Green Bay went on an 11-play, 62-yard drive, ending with this A.J. Dillon touchdown. Ball is at the four-yard line, three-and-a-half-yard line. Dillon gets the handoff again. Bobby Wagner hits him, but Dillon drags him into the end zone for a touchdown. That's a large man, and he gets up into the stands for the Lambeau leap, and the Packers take a 9-0 lead over the Seahawks after a three-yard touchdown run. 
Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. AJ Dillon is a big dude, and he was uh, kind of running downhill. Six foot, two hundred and fifty pounds. Would have liked to see uh, Bobby kind of get more squared up on the tackle, but kind of came at him from the side and then tried to pull him down and just got pulled into the end zone. So unfortunate in that situation. May may have come up with a stop in the field goal right there, and the Seahawks are still in it. Big man Ray, two hundred and forty-seven pounds. Man, you got to wrap that dude up. The next possession, Russell Wilson was picked off again. Pretty much ending the game. Collins play fake. Russ has all kinds of time. He's going to rear back. He's going to throw. He's got a man out there, and it's going to be picked off again in the end zone. As he throws it deep for Tyler Lockett, and the Packers have had the Seahawks covered all over the field all day, and Russ is just going to pull the string and throw it deep and maybe take a shot for an interference call or a great catch, and instead it's a second interception of the day. This time it's Amos, Adrian Amos, the safety. And the Seahawks, you can't turn the ball over twice at the home of the Packers and expect to win a game. Well, twice in the end zone. Not the, the first one, we're down three to nothing, have a chance to tie it with a field goal. Now we're down 10 to nothing. Again, I just let's at least get into a one score game and see if our defense have been playing well, so well. I, I, the one thing I would love to tell Russell, actually, I like to tell him this a lot. When there's a zone defense, the longer you extend it, extend it, look downfield. I don't have a problem with you look downfield. Know that the dump off is a 15-yard play. Yeah. Just dump it off. Now, you got to hit the guy in stride, and there was. I think Homer was actually in the middle of the field, and Russ talked about it. Goes, I was trying to make a play. My bad. And, you know, it happens. Yeah, I think they could have just taken the dump down, dump off like you, and settle for three. You said you got to mm-hmm. score twice anyway. You settle for three, you get the football back because your defense is playing well. Who knows what happens? All right, AJ Dillon would add another touchdown, making this final score seventeen to zero. This defense played well. You see that seventeen points. Um, they they can do that every single week, which is tough in the NFL. These guys will have a chance now. Despite the loss, we still have to crown our game MVP. That is coming up next. On your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo, 97.3 FM. Seahawks lose to the Green Bay Packers 17-0, dropping them to third, excuse me, three and six. Now they took an L. Yes, they did. But we still got to choose a game MVP. And you know what? I'm going to switch it up a bit. I'm going to get the party started when it comes to the game MVP, Paul Moya. I'm going to let Paul go last. Make it happen. I'm making it happen. My game MVP, Jamal Adams. And I say Jamal Adams because he had 11 tackles and he did something that we've been dying for him to do, which is have an interception. We've seen the football bounce off of his face mask. We've seen him get beat deep. And as of late, he has been finding himself in the right position. If he's not getting depth, if his eyes aren't on the quarterback and filling the receiver, he doesn't make that play. So my game MVP, I'm going with number 33, Jamal Adams. He also had two quarterback hits, so they're still sending him as well, Big Ray. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of hard to figure out who to who to pick. Uh, Jordan Brooks had a bunch of tackles, but he also didn't play the screen as well. Um, but then I just I just felt excited that Jamal got an interception <laughs> because we've seen the battles uh, with the interception, and it also took away a touchdown. So that has to account for something. And uh, so uh, I'm I was kind of falling in line with you, Bump, with uh, Jamal Adams. Yeah, I think that's un- unanimous. Um... My my key hawk was Gerald Everett going into the game. He had eight receptions, 63 yards. So if we were going to have an offensive guy, that would have been him. 
But we're not. Moyer. Yeah. If you ever you need to, I will out. I will pat you on the back. I got you. <laughs> no, no. I I, I, I I got my own patent. I got, I got myself covered. Um, <laughs> but Gerald, Gerald played well. I mean, obviously, yeah. eight targets, eight receptions. Uh, that was pretty good. I mean, we, we talked about the tight ends. You had Will Disley with two targets, two catches also. So uh, that, that position was good. But, you know, it wasn't just that um, Jamal Adams, the interception, which is nice. I mean, it's, it's nice to get those because they can come in bunches. I just think it's the way he's been playing. I mean, he mm-hmm. played good football today. He made another a good pass defense as well, knocked the pass down. Uh, I I, I want to say it was on a third down. It may have been on a second down, but it, another big play. He did get after Russell if, or uh, Aaron Rodgers a few times. Um, so he was all over the field, and they do a lot with him. You know, sometimes he's in a cover two. There's other times he's on the slot. There's other times he's on the backside of a slot. So, you know, definitely makes offenses go, where is he, and do we account for him in protection? And we can't ignore Bobby hit a milestone today, right? 100 tackles. Absolutely. For what? The How many how many seasons years? in a row? Well, I'm sure it's 10 it's years. It's been a lot, right? We'll, we'll just say. I mean, we're at, least, at least seven years in a row he's reached 100 tackles. Um, yeah, got to give Bobby some love, but I think the night belongs to Jamal Adams and the defense in general. I mean, mm-hmm. the defense kept these guys in the ball game. We can highlight the secondary as well. But I think we are all in agreement that Jamal Adams is our game MVP. All right, when we return, we will look at the Cardinals. They are next up. And also take a look at the playoff picture. That's here on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with my buddies Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer. It is time to look towards the future. Let's get over this loss and see who we got next. Got the Arizona Cardinals. We all know what they have on offense. Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, these guys didn't play today. They took a loss to the Carolina Panthers. But something tells me when it's time to suit up against the Seahawks, miraculously, they are going to be ready to go. Thankfully, this defense is playing well. Best defense they've played in a while the last three to four weeks. They've been playing good. They played good today, man. No touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. We know that he had his COVID protocol deal. He shows up the day before. But we know what he's capable of. Now, they face a different type of quarterback, a quarterback who, if you allow him to do so, he will get outside the pocket and extend plays. And, Paul, you know, in that secondary, you can't cover for more than about 4.5 seconds. Things start to break down. Yeah, this is a this is pretty good football team we're going up. You didn't even mention Christian Kirk, who's their leading receiver. <laughs> um, he's got 603 yards, averaging almost 13 yards per, for a catch and, and ten, uh, excuse me, four touchdowns so far. Um, you're right, and then you throw in uh, Rondell Moore. I mean, they they're loaded across the board. Throwing Zach Ertz. I mean, it's it's um, they've got tons of weapons, and then uh, on defense, they're just as good, if not better. So it's going to be tough. But our one, I guess, saving grace here is they have not played well the last three games. They've lost two of their last three. They didn't play well in the middle of them against the 49ers. Uh, you know, they're coming to our house. It's a must win. Our backs are against the wall. Every cliche, we're going to be using it uh, going into this. But it's a tough matchup, and, and it's partly because of a Kyler Murray. I mean, we have not done great with mobile quarterbacks in the past. And as you can go back, really, Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago when we went, whoa, who is he? And, you know, they came back in the second half and beat us with the legs. And now we've got them all throughout the uh, the, the NFC West. So, Big challenge, definitely a game we can win, though. I, we, we've proven that this year. We've had a chance to win in the fourth quarter pretty much every game but one this year against Minnesota. I expect the same. We just got to find a way to close the deal. 
Yeah, and and even too, you know, it was last year against the the Cardinals here, uh, where the 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 blitz packages, the double A gap blitz packages started, you know, messing with the Seattle offense, mm-hmm. and then from that point on, everybody was running that double A, uh, you know, uh, blitz package against the Seahawks, and so they they feel like they probably have some things that they can do against the Hawks. They also have James uh, Connor, who isn't like. Uh, you know, a dynamic football player, but he can hurt you in the running game if he gets hot. I think he has close to 500 yards rushing, but he has 10 touchdowns. He also catches the ball very well out of the backfield. And then on defense, like you said, Buda Baker, they're one of the top, you know, 10, 10 or so defenses in the league. Uh, you know, you got Chandler Jones, uh, Simmons, Isaiah Simmons you have is a you know, up-and-coming player. So there's a lot of people to, to contend with. And uh, so to me, I remember a few years ago um, – Jordan Babineau said it was at the beginning of the season that Seahawks were kind of bringing some players back from injury, and he said they have to survive in advance. And so it's kind of – that's my cliche for the, <laughs> is that they're in playoff football right now, and so you need to survive in advance. So it may not be pretty. It may be the ugliest thing since, you know, whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you have one more point than they have, that's the most important thing. So they're trying to win pretty and win the right way and all that kind of stuff is kind of out the door. Now it's just win. Like, find a way to win the football game. Bump off, throw this at you. Just going into just what you know. Who, who do you think will give us more problems, their defense or offense? It's a good question, Paul Moyer. I'm going to say their offense just by the way – excuse me – their defense, just by the way our offense has been playing. Yeah. Um, I think Russell Wilson is never going to come out and admit this finger kind of bothered me a little bit or I felt something in my finger. I, I guarantee you he was not 100%. We, we saw it in his demeanor, the way the football got away from him. He just wasn't himself, but he's such a leader in that sense where he's not going to let anybody know that. So um, just going off of what we've seen in the recent weeks, I'm going to say their defense is going to give us more problems. It could. I mean, they have 25 sacks going into this game. You, you got Jordan Hicks, who's a very good football player as well. I mean, Jalen Thompson, a good safety. You mentioned Simmons, Baker. Brian Murphy is a good corner. They've got a lot of players across the board to match up with us. So uh, I'm excited to see how we play because I, I think we're a much better football team than three and six. But you are what your record Says you are, right, right? right? So, you know, no no uh, crying in this one. They just got to go and find a way to find a way to get one win uh, about eight times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's look at the playoff picture. All right, there are 16 teams in the NFC. Hawks are ranked number 14th right now <laughs> at three and six. But the Panthers sitting at that seventh spot, they are five and five beneath them. Minnesota, they're four and five. Atlanta's four and five. Philly's four and six. San Fran's three and five. Washington football team is three and six. The Giants are three and six. So they're not too far behind making this playoff run. But they got to get some things together. They have to go on a run. They have to put two or three games together. I mean, and then you have to have some things happen to you. You can't let any of these teams that are in front of you get hot. Uh, so technically, well, they're still in there, Ray. Yeah, and I think like John said, like you, they have to get to the to the nine wins to have a chance. You know, and and tend to make it even a better chance. But and. There is that string of games, though, like these next two games coming up, if they can get this Arizona game, and then like we were talking earlier about that Chicago-Washington football team kind of stretch of games, uh, if they can get grooved in a way that they can go into those games, uh, you know, feeling really good about what they're doing on offense, because I, I like where the defense is, I think then they have a chance to get to that to that uh, number. And like I said, though, it's, it's, 
I like the way Paul said it is find a way to win one game eight more times. Like I just that's what it has to be. That has to be the mentality for everybody. Anybody can get it, but I, I, I would I would like for Kyler Murray not to be there on Sunday. Can can the Hawks get a break? You know what I mean? Like these guys deserve a break, man. Hook them up. All right, guys, today's final score, Packers 17, Seahawks 0. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible, studio coordinator Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobie. The Seahawks return to Lumenfield next week for an NFC West showdown with a, the Arizona Cardinals. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network for Paul Moyer and Ray Roberts. I am Michael Bumpus. Packers win 17-0.